Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Sponsored by The Catch with your host, yours truly, John Fisher. Um, and I invite you to to go to John, catchjohnfisher.com and sign up to get the um, email that we send out every day. We call it The Catch, and uh, we'd love to have you join us. Uh, I write something fresh every day there, and if you start there, you're going to then begin to find out that we do a lot of other things too. We've really kind of turned into more than just a blog. We're we're really a community, and we even have a church, online church on Sunday nights. You can find out all about that um, if you sign up. But uh, this is when we get to talk to very special guests and some very special friends of mine um, who uh, are helping us do trying to make the world a better place, Um, all that is going to come through you and I, yielded to the Holy Spirit. And we learn how to do that by talking to other people who do that. And um, that's why we have guests, and that's why we spend this time on Tuesday night to get it practical, get it down to uh, where we really live every day. So uh, we are very happy to welcome back uh, to Blog Talk Radio, Paul Clark, one of the pioneers of uh, Christian contemporary Christian music, but it was Jesus music back then when we started, and uh, Paul has a, a very fascinating story. We've already heard that. We're going to just kind of jump in and ask him some some more questions, really, uh, about about the Jesus movement and how that reflects on you and I today. So, Paul, welcome to the catch. Do you really think we can? (laughs) (laughs) I want you to to shine the mirror back in your face for a minute, my good friend, John. Yep. (laughs) Yep. That's a great song. And and, Marty was killing the piano there on your track. I love Michael's playing. It was amazing on that. So, yeah, it's good to be back on the cast. I know. It's good to be with you and good to be with the listening audience. Thank you. Thank you. So, Paul, we don't have a lot of time, so we want to jump right in. And um, we want to start talking about uh, the Jesus movement. Only not, this is not for nostalgia purposes. We want to pull some things out tonight that are, that can be helpful to us today and to the people that, the younger generation coming up today. But we want to take just a minute and, and go back. When I say Jesus movement, I'm talking about, oh, the uh, late 60s, early 70s, uh, which was uh, a true spiritual revival. And um, we know that because uh, 
it happened simultaneously all over at least the Western world. Um, I know people in Sweden and in Europe and in England and in South Africa who were doing the same things we were doing uh, in those years, and we just happened to be in California. It was a simultaneously simultaneous move of the Holy Spirit on a younger generation. Um, tell me, Paul, how would you, how would you describe the Jesus movement, and why do you think it was needed? Why do you think the Holy Spirit brought it about? Hmm. Well, I certainly don't speak from any position of God. <laughs> uh, why it happened? But <laughs> I know. I think you know. I, I certainly think the. Uh, I know. I'm thinking of just ahead of what we're going to talk about tonight, but I would say I'd have to morph. The culture was a factor because uh, the late '60s, that generation, our, our generation, John, you are mine. Um, we were seekers of truth. Uh, and when you're seeking the truth, eventually you're going to find it, unless you perish before them. But, uh, you know, we were we were not uh, satisfied with the status quo. We are not satisfied with all things that were just handed to us on a platter. We were a super blessed generation, baby boomers. You know, our parents gave us everything, mm-hmm. you know. So, But because of that, I think uh, a lot of us went looking for stuff outside the box, so to speak, and, and uh, ran into a lot of problems and, with that also it was a troubled culture with violence and civil rights and the Vietnam war. You, you shake all that up into a cocktail and you've got a, a world of uh, <laughs> chaos and certainly in the United States it was. And I know for me, I was an 18 year old kid and really disconcerted, you know, just totally not digging what was going on and wanting to change it though. That was the other thing too, is that I wasn't apathetic. I wanted to change. And I think that's one thing that would, definitely earmark the Jesus movement. It wasn't just people looking to get out of the pressure of the darkness they were encased with. They wanted to do something. And I think it's still breathtaking. I just, uh, right now, our old friend, Nancy Honeytree, another pioneer, in fact, mm-hmm. her song pioneer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's here in town and she and Jr. are at my house. Oh, cool. Uh, we had a wonderful time. Yeah. She's still here in town. We had a wonderful time there night. Wonderful. And, uh, you know, She's still changing things. I'm still changing things. We're we're still involved in changing things, you know. So I would say that generation yeah. was a little bit more of a let's change things instead of uh, I'll just take what you give me for free. Thank you very much, generation today. So um, that's yeah. probably the difference. You know, we were willing to, you know, get into Volkswagen Drive from New York to California to go see something, you know, or you know, buy a ticket yeah. to go out and hear a band play and hope they tell us the truth. You know, we were looking for the yeah, truth. It didn't yeah. matter if it's the prophets or the musicians or through whatever. You know, we just, we were not satisfied. We, we were always looking to figure out how to scratch the itch we couldn't get to. Yeah. And fortunately, yeah. God God uh, poured his spirit out upon the earth. In fact, I want to say one thing about that. Because I think uh, the last time we talked, I talked about this a little bit. And I want to still, and you're writing about it right now in the, in the, in the catch every day. You've been in the book of Acts, which we're still mm-hmm. in, like yes. you mentioned in here today. Yes. We are still in the book of Acts. I feel like when I got when I came to know Jesus in 1970, I feel like I got spliced in, just like in a tape recorder. I got <laughs> My track got spliced into a song that was still going on, and I was a new overdub. You know, I was an, I was an added voice to something that God was doing. And what I think is, which we'll get to in a minute, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but 
I think, you know, um, the Holy Spirit was respected as a person back then, not a thing that just fell out of the sky or, you know, we know what the book of Acts talks about, the Holy Spirit will come and, you know, like a mighty rushing wind and all that, but, but when he came, once he came here, he just, he doesn't go around the earth still as just a wind. He resides in the hearts of men and women and he is a person. If you, you know, I don't want to become a Bible geek kid here, but it's a, the tense is it's a person. <laughs> it's not some extra barbecue sauce or a hot sauce. We go down to Costco and get a big case Holy Spirit anointing for we really need something hot. He's a person. And I just know in my 47 and a half years, whatever, walking with Jesus, uh, that when I stop looking at the Holy Spirit as a person residing in me, I'm left to the bankruptcy of my own ingenuity. And mm-hmm. that, when you case it with religion, you know, with Christianity, Bankrupt Christianity mm-hmm. with good intentions is the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst thing that can happen. You know, because it's better yeah. to be a sinner and still seeking and get wowed by God than it is to think you've got it all under control and you got, you know, I know how to do this. I know that scripture. Oh, I've heard that teaching before. All that stuff, a calloused heart, and you don't respect the Holy Spirit as a person anymore, just you doing the what the scripture says, holding fast to the form of godliness, but being void of the power. And when you reach that place, you're in a desperately blind position. And fortunately, wow. God is a wonderful God, and he puts people around us, our friends and neighbors and wives and husbands and girlfriends and boyfriends and bosses or whatever. He puts people around you that love you, care for you, and have enough yeah. integrity and enough love for you to tell you, hey, bro. You check your your dipstick. I think you're a couple cores low. <laughs> you know? So that's what I think is really the difference. I think that's I think cool. back then I, there was a that's lot a good of reminder. That. Yeah, I think back then there was just a lot of more you know uh, credence. Sorry, that'll stop ringing in a second. Uh, there was a lot more credence given to the person, the Holy Spirit. We sought the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Today, the Holy Spirit. I wrote this song. I told you about you know recently. I wrote a song called "The Loneliest Man in the Church." You know, I'm sorry about that. Uh, the loneliest man in the church, I, I believe, is the Holy Spirit. He's kind of sitting outside the box wishing he'd come inside, you know. <laughs> so wow, let's move on. I like that. Question or whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, I, w- I want, you said that that you wanted to change things. And uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to have you tell us just a little bit about were you able to do that? And how, yeah. you know, how were you able to do that? Well, you and I have one thing in common that some people don't have in common. That's not condescending by any means. In fact, it's the opposite. We were giving, given a gift called music, and that was our towel and our basin. Our guitars and our cases and our PA were the towel and basin that we went out and served a generation of people. Let me get that phone. So just... Sorry about that. Uh, we were given a a talent basin with guitars and drums and whatever, you know, to go out and uh, use it to serve people. And that's that's another earmark of the Jesus movement was uh, we were servants. We were servants. You know, we weren't rock stars. Mm-hmm. We didn't have tour buses and road managers. That came later, but at first it was – get in the back of your car and take off 
and go sing. You didn't get paid. You didn't think about getting paid. <laughs> that wasn't, at least for me, I don't know about you, but I didn't say, well, how much are you going to pay me? In fact, I was shocked the first time somebody gave me some money. I was like, what's this for? That's for your expenses. Yeah. We mean, what? I have a job. I work at the Playboy Club. I can't say you work at the Playboy Club. Yeah. yeah I, I have a paycheck. So i got to get back to work. I'll see you. You know, I didn't think of, I never thought of getting paid for it. That was stupid, you know. <laughs> that was like robbing from God. Yeah. So we were servants. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And that's what I strive cool. for today. You know, it's, we all missed the mark, but I still strive for that mm-hmm. today. I want to, I want to be a servant. It's, it's, it's always, it's always, it's nice to be admired and nice to have people. Are you, you're the Paul Clark, you know, that's always kind of flattering and fun, but you know, you know, when you hear that, you know exactly who put you there and you know, you're nothing, you know, you're not, that doesn't mean anything, you know, we'll get you a cup of coffee even, but yeah. especially today. Yeah. So, <laughs> so well, but uh, I think that's a, really, that, go ahead. Well, here's this huge question, Paul. Um, and uh, you could write a book on this, obviously, but um, just what comes to mind first into how those times compare to today. Well, I certainly don't want to be a curmudgeon. I know I even used that word last time I was on your show, it, and uh, or a Luddite, you know, uh, going out and, you know, sticking, uh, you know, iron, iron bars into the machinery of the church right now and trying to stop the progress. But at the same time, I got to say, I am a Luddite a little bit because to me, the progress is what we talked about earlier. It's sincere intended people. They're lovely people. I know lots of them, but I just keep looking for the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of things that are alarming today. And one of them primarily uh, that would be different. And I'm certainly a forward thinking person. I mean, I'm still moving forward. I'm not looking back to Jesus movement as the best days ever. But one thing we mm-hmm. had back then that was evident was community. And true community only comes through agape love. And agape love only comes mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit, once again. So today, yeah. I think, and I'm not coming down on people, most people don't know so much time has passed since the Holy Spirit was honored. So much time has passed since we just waited on the Lord when we worshiped stuff. And now it's like, you know, everything is a is a, a timesheet. It's a minute by minute. I see the churches, they hand me, there's a girl in the front row, three minutes left, Mr. Clark. But three minutes left. Can you imagine somebody sitting in the front row of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, and pulled up a five-minute two-car, like, hey, wrap it up, Jesus. We've we got we to get the parking and the nursery cleared out for the next group of people. You know, that's just unfortunate that our culture has come to that and that people expect that that's the home run. You know, that's that's the home run to go to great service, great production, great, uh, you know, band, great pastor, you know, all these things. And I have a lot to say about that. And, yes, I could write a book. I should probably write a book on it, but, but uh, not from <laughs> being somebody important. But, but uh you know, it's it to me, to be honest, John, it's getting a little bit scary now. I didn't I used to kind of pass it by and think, well, every generation has its way of communicating. But when I, I'm mentoring a lot of young, young young musicians and stuff and they're not excited about being what they see. <laughs> they're looking for something different. They do not want to this is not your father's Oldsmobile or your grandfather's Oldsmobile. They're looking mm-hmm. they're back to mm-hmm. analog music, to real guitars, real drums. 
how do we get the Holy Spirit? You know, they, they, they are looking, they're digging in the dirt and they're going to find the gold because I know the Lord's going to honor that. And I just, I see, um, so not only do I see young uh, leaders, future leaders that I'm, that I'm becoming much more in contact with, actually quite a bit more the last six months because I've been home and I've, one relationship's kind of led to another now. It's really been interesting how uh, right here in my hometown, I've uh, engaged with a lot of new young guys that are coming over my house and hanging out and wanting to know what's going down. And uh, it's a joy to talk to them because they're so fresh. They're not, um, you know, sort of skewed. Right. They're not callous yet. They're not callous yet. They're not against the program. I did have a chance to speak this past June at the National Christian Worship Leaders Conference here in Kansas City. And uh, I was pretty bold, actually, uh, when they had me. I opened the conference. Our good friend Alex McDougall had me come and speak. And uh, I said, you know, I'm going to venture, go out on a limb here, that probably 50%. No, no one was born before 1985 in that room. There was five, 600 young worship leaders. And I said, I'm going to venture to say that most of you out there probably have 2.3 kids. You've been leading worship at church for six to seven years. When you got in bed with the pastor, so to speak, in the church, you were, they were very excited that Jimmy was our new worship leader. And you put a band together and all that stuff. But then eventually, you kind of like the, the old Nord repairman, the phone stopped ringing. And, um, you know, you're a, sort of a lonely person who's just doing the task of putting together the worship set of the top 40 CCLI songs. But in your heart, you're an artist. You want to get out and knock down trees and make roads like we did, John. That's what these kids mm-hmm. I'm meeting today, they, want, they, they don't want to get in line, just get the job and the paycheck. They want to, they want to be radical. They want to change the culture. They want to knock down trees, you know, and, mm. and make roads. Mm. So, but they're scared. And I said to these young worship leaders, I said, you're scared to quit your job because if you quit your job, you might get a bad report from the pastor as being, you know, not compliant. And then you won't be able to get a job at the next church. And then you'll be working at Home Depot and you have 2.3 kids at home. And your wife's unpleasant because she doesn't like the way your life's going anymore. And next thing you know, you're in a corner, you know, and you feel worthless. Yep. You feel like you've lost your ability to be used by God. And all of a sudden your voice is silenced. So I just try to encourage these young guys today, man, you know, you got to be a soldier. You got to, you got to man up, you know, and, uh, you know, yep. put the lamp coal in your, your, your black, black lamp coal in your eyes and, Go out in the field, and you're going to get hit. You're going to get knocked over, and you're going to knock other people over. you got to get up, and there's going to be another play, and you're going to go until the game's over. <laughs> and that's just the way it is, you know. So that's, that's sort of my thought. That's one of the things that I would, yeah. I would say that would be important today. Yeah, so yeah, I absolutely. Like, like I said, um, I, don't, I don't want to be a Luddite, you know. I don't want to. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I, I tuned in for five, maybe six minutes. I made it, might have made the six-minute mark. At the devil words the other night. And, uh, you know, like I said, it won't be a Luddite, but I just I kind of feel grieved when I see the worship song of the year and the worship band of the year and the worship artist of the year. Yeah, I don't know. It just it kind of discourages me. When I, I want to thank yeah. Cecil Life for playing my songs. It's like, I, I just, it's a business and an industry. I know we're going to talk about that, but the commercialization of, of uh, mm-hmm. packaging Christianity is actually devastating. But I got good news yep. <laughs> because somebody cares more than you, me, even John or anybody else, you know, 
and that's that he's going to build uh, his church. He promised he would. And I wouldn't even want to be in a church if it wasn't God's idea. So when I think of the commercialization of Christianity impact on the culture now is that, you know, you're a baseball fan. I'm a baseball fan. There's an old saying in baseball, you can't hit what you can't see. You know, and these young kids today, they've never seen what we saw 40 years ago, 45, 46, 50 years ago. They've never seen it. So mm-hmm. they, they don't know to swing because they've never seen that pitch before. It's just a, and it's in the mitt, you know, they don't even know what he went by, you know. And so I mm-hmm. want to help these, this next generation learn to see the red thread, you know. Here comes the slider. It's in the dirt. Don't swing at that. It's nasty. Curveball down. Don't go after that. That's high inside tight. Don't swing at that. I want you to look at it coming out of the hand, and I want you to learn to time it. And that's that's my goal today is to teach people how to look for their look for their pitch. You know, mm-hmm. be authentic mm-hmm. to who God made them to be. Quit being a copycat. Nothing worse than bad cover music in the world. And <laughs> a bad cover band in the world can't get work. But somehow in the church, bad cover bands are multiplying like rabbits. Because when mm-hmm. we started 47 years ago, my first two or three years, I don't know about you, but my only opponent, the first two or three years, were pastors. They come into my concerts and pull their youth department out and yell at me at the stage, call me a electric guitar, African drum beat, this demonized deceiver of young people. And now, a generation of 47 years later, if you don't have a really thick and band, electric guitar, drum, African drum beat band, and mm-hmm. something behind it, you can't even start a church. You can't even get a crowd of 20. You know, you'd be lucky to find Lydia down at the at the lakeshore, you know, the river, you know, to be able to start your first synagogue. Yeah, because people won't come out. That's what they expect church yeah. to be. And yeah. the, the biggest wake up yeah. call is going to be to the church. The biggest wake up call is going to be when the first little persecution hits. One of these mega pastors takes a bullet. Or it takes mm-hmm. something that happens to them. Mm-hmm. We're going to find we're going to find out a lot more what the fabric is underneath this because mm-hmm. the thing is the world gets fearful. Look at nine eleven when the world got fearful. Where'd they run? Yeah. They ran to community. They didn't run to church necessarily. They yeah. ran to their friends. They ran to Yankee Stadium. So you know it's not going to be the world's not going to want to run into the church. They're going to find people that are full of love, agape love, and that's what we had back then. We had agape love. Unfortunately, yeah. it, like a lot of things, the second generation of it, it becomes rote and mechanical and and commercial. You know, how can we package this? You know, if if the sermon, if the coin and the fish worked great, let's do that again. If it's a woman to well, let's make sure we get a woman to well every time we go to, you know. And I see these young artists today posting on their Instagram pages and stuff, rehearsing for their five-month tour. I think, just a second, how can you rehearse the outpour of the Holy Spirit? You know, why why is it the same joke, the same story, the same uh, what happened here, you know? So that's some of my itching that I'm still scratching. So go ahead, John. Yeah, yeah. Throw, hogging, the, uh, well, hogging the space here. You know, we're we're t- at the catch, we're talking a lot about transformation these days. And I'd yes. like you to talk about what you think is transformational about um well, let's let's not just go back to the Jesus movement. Let, let's come right now because we're getting we're running out of time. Yeah. What's transformational? Yeah. What's transformational about your life right now? What would you? Wow. Uh, you know, encourage us there. 
Hmm? Well, uh, you know, one nice thing about being older, you got nothing to lose. You know, it's not like my record sales are going to go down, or I won't get when I get invited less. Yeah. So I'll just be blunt and transparent and honest. And if anybody can hear what the spirit's saying, they're going to they're going to hear it. But uh, I got sick last April, uh, last March actually, and with the flu B virus. Never heard it before, but it's just a common flu that was going around and really knocking the socks off people. Actually. I think it killed 39,000 Americans last year. But I found myself, wow. actually, I was in the hospital, quarant- hospital quarantine, and uh, then I got mistreated with medication and with uh, hydrocodone cough syrup, which was like liquid heroin, which that was a part of my life before I became Christian. It woke up that part wow. of my body said, whoa, we remember this, and it kind of sent me into a coma, and things got totally sideways. And things were happening wow. in my life all at once, I got, like sort of like a being in a whirlpool. Anyway, it began a journey because not even a few weeks later, my mom, whose house I'm in right now, uh, taking care of my 92, almost 92-year-old mom next month, uh, my mom had a stroke, and then she had an AFEM heart attack situation. And for the last, since April, you know, off and on, but then now the last four months, I've been taking care of my mom 14 to 16 hours a day and sometimes 24 hours a day. And it's mm. made me not only, it's not only taken me back and transformed me into more of a servant where I used to be. But, oh, I've, been, I've always been that way, but I, I have no options right now. I'm not doing concerts. I'm not touring up. I, I dropped, I had a brand new record that came out. I had to drop everything because I promised my father 18 years ago I'd take care of my mom, you know? So I've been given this opportunity, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to serve my mom. You know, uh, you have to learn how to balance all that. But I had an experience, yeah. you know, I'm not going to shame my family by saying this, but in this house where I grew up, since 1958, uh, while I was helping my mom uh, get in the shower and stuff, and the bathroom was a mess from some stuff going yep. on, I looked at the tile on the floor, and I had, today we call it PTSD, but I had like a flashback, and I remembered some very ugly events that happened in that room when I was a child and things that affected me uh, that made me feel ashamed and, and uh, um, fear, fearful. And then that led to abandonment and rejection. Then I built a self-protection system around me that I didn't realize until here, now serving 58 years later, I, the blinds went up. Wow. If why God waited all this time? It all went away. They became a Christian. 1970, it all went away. And all of a sudden, 2017, mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, where did that come from? And I've been, I've, st- I've stared down the four apocalyptic dogs that have been nipping at my heels for 47 years by realizing what fear and shame comes from the garden and abandonment and rejection comes from Golgotha. And those two things, those four things were affecting me in subtle ways and sometimes blunt ways. And let me put wheels on it for the listener. I believe that those four dogs are biting on the church right now because I meet so many believers. Fear and shame steals their faith, abandonment and rejection, stops them from entering into intimacy with God because they're afraid of being kicked to the curb because God knows their sins. And how could they do that? If you really love God, how could you do this or do that? And the next thing you know, you find people that spiritually feel ostracized from their heavenly father. Jesus is their savior, but they're afraid to approach him because they feel ashamed that he gave his life on Calvary, but now they're giving back mm. junk. And they would think about the Holy Spirit because they don't want to be convicted because they don't know how to change. So they're like paralyzed, mm-hmm. like sort of in this gelatin, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing where to go. And I'm just going to testify tonight, man. God, God's taken me through the mud. I've, I've lost some 
some premier uh, prime relationship. Uh, you know, I've lost you know some time, things I'd like to be doing, but it wasn't. It hasn't been a waste of time. God, I believe God's retooling me for the last lap. You know, uh, I'm not pre-trib anymore. I'm not mid-trib. I'm not post-trib. But I'm not. I don't know what it is. All I know is that I'm I'm ready right now. I'm being prepared more and more. I've got more tools in my tool belt than I've ever had. And I'm grateful and humbled to have those things, and I'm ready to go to work. So bring it on, Lord. Let's get down. Wow. You know? <laughs> so that uh, would happen cool. if all this stuff would have happened to me. And I'm thankful it did happen to me. Yeah. You know, I'm thankful it did. I'm yeah. grateful. I'm humbled by it. I'm not saying that I have false humility. I'm truly humbled by it. And the cost, there's a word called consequence that people don't like to stare down today. But there's consequences mm-hmm. to our own carnality. There's forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiveness. You know, there's consequences. Amen. And then we can't make it right in our own strength. We're, we're made right by his righteousness. You know, and right. I, the people I want to right. be around today, who's, the people I want to be around today, they're people that want to push up my new nature, my new man. I don't, I don't, I don't need people to keep telling me about all my, you know, uh, failures of my old nature. My old nature is guaranteed to fail. And if you're listening today, friend, on the radio mm-hmm. tonight, mm-hmm. And this, the, the spirit of accusation, the accuser of the brethren, is just keeps reminding you of all your failures and where your old nature is failing again and again and again. Guess what? It's going to keep happening because your old nature will fail. Mm-hmm. We are new creatures mm-hmm. in Christ. We take responsibility for our mistakes. We get forgiveness. We try to you know, do better as far as walking. We have to walk. It's, it's, it's action. It's faith with works. But we don't need to be paralyzed by this darkness of fear and shame, abandonment, rejection. Christ has set us free, the liberty that he's given to us. Galatians 2, you know, having been, you know, begun the spirit, are you going to perfect yourself in the flesh? God forbid, John. God forbid that every believer listening yeah. today is going to perfect themselves in the flesh. It ain't going to happen. We need a fresh uh, awareness that the Holy Spirit's in us. He's waiting for us. I go to the grocery store practically every day and get food for my mom and stuff. There's a conversation in every aisle. I got I bought a 65 quarter convertible in Wisconsin for $2,500. I drove it home. It took me two days to get home because I got in so many conversations. Every time I filled the gas, people would talk about my car. <laughs> and next thing you know, I talk about the Lord. And next thing you know, I'm talking about Jesus. And we're like talking for hours about the Lord. People want to hear wow. the gospel. They want it in a real way. They don't want to be condescended to by all of our Christian programming. That's that's my end of my sermon. Beautiful. Cavil down. Beautiful. Love Beautiful. you guys. <laughs> and, so. and so that that leaves us with one more question. Um, Good. You've been working with you've been working with uh, uh, some younger people. You have you you're mentoring some guys. Tell yeah, a lot of them. Uh, a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit about that generation. Now you. You gave us you, you. I want you to just go off of what you just told us. You you already gave us a little window about the fact they want something right. real. And um, yep, yep. Uh, tell us a little bit more about those guys and and what what gives you hope uh, about about the next generation. Well, what gives me hope is that these guys are they're tough. They're not soft. Uh, when we started, John, you, you recall, we there weren't Christian venues to go out and play in. There weren't Christian like tours set up that we just plugged and played. We had to go out and play at clubs, colleges, or everything. We we dug in the dirt, and you know to mm-hmm. do that you had to be tough. 
You know, I got punched. I got my yeah. equipment kicked in, stolen. You know, we, we had to be tough, and you had to be good too. And you know, I, I all the guys I'm working with now, I, I tell them, man, you got to practice. You got to you got to show me the fire in your belly. You know, otherwise, you know, it's just a great hobby. You know, singing songs to the Lord is a great hobby, and have your job and marry somebody. But if you're going to be in the army, you got to roll your sleeves up. You got to get dirty. You got to get your knuckles bloodied, and and you got to start building a toolbox. Because you're going to come upon situations where you need a nine sixteenths and you got a half inch that just won't quite fit, you know. And so you got to get a toolbox. Mm-hmm. The way to do that is get experience. And you're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. But you know you got people around you that care for you. And so I think this the guys that I'm running to now they got some chutzpah. They got they got you know I won't use the word but they got something you know they got the hair in their chest. They they mm-hmm. don't want to just be the uh, you know clock in clock out. They really want to do something. And they kind of want to be you know. I think they're kind of mad about what they see they don't want to become. They don't want to become the skinny jean, tattooed up, prancing the stage up and down fast, talking a mile a minute, uh, you know, 10 points and out. They don't want to do that. They want to, they want to get mm-hmm. down the pits, and they want to roll around with the, with the pigs and the hogs and, and all the slop, and they want to try to reach people with the truth, you know. And to me, that's a 21st century Millennial, you know, millennial person today that's gonna gonna face. Look at the world they're facing. They better have yeah. the power. They better face have the power to go up against Islam. You know, and that's I. I have lots of Islamic friends. You know, but it has nothing to do with the with the branding of it. But you know, it's just a simple math is uh, the lever pullers in America are having thirteen kids here, and the Fading culture is having 1.2 or 2.3 kids. So it's just a matter of time to the math takes over, but the culture will change and they'll have new challenges to go up against. So they're going to have to be serious about being full of God's love because God's love is what's going to change it, not a religious argument of Christianity versus Islam or whatever. It's going to take being right. full of the authenticity and the power of agape love because love always, always, always wins out. And I constantly, you know, challenge these young guys, are you full of agape love? You know, wet your fingers, stick it up in the air, and do you feel agape love moving? If it's not around you, find out where it is because you've got to get in it. And that's that's where the power comes from, cool. you know. It's, it's through the love, so. Uh, Paul, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, so it's a, a joy. A bunch of thoughts, great. <laughs> we could do this over and over again, and we probably will. Yeah. So uh, I hope we will we have will. you again for I, sure. I, yeah, I'm honored it's to be just, on your show. Uh, I love I'm the way you, to be your friend. And... Yeah. Well, I love Go the ahead. way you think, and um, I love the way you talk to us. So uh, we'll we'll be praying for you, and um, especially for, I, I love I love hearing about these guys you're working with, and uh, I hope that uh, we can all catch a vision. Uh, <laughs> I wish we in had that way for the next generation. Yeah. I wish we had 10 more minutes. I'd tell you a story that happened today with two of the guys I'm mentoring. It was, we'll do it next time. It was unbelievably cool. So God bless you, John. I uh, love to catch you every day. I read okay. every day. And uh, God bless all the listeners out there. Okay. okay, my friend. Thank you so much. Love you. All righty. Love you too. Okay, bye-bye. Well, there you, bye-bye. There you go, you guys. There's some good thoughts. I love that. Uh, knock down trees and build roads. Did you get that? Um, that's what I'm taking out of this. There's stuff to do, you guys, and, um, and we want to find out. We're all servants. 
Um, as as Paul reminded us, so we want to knock down trees, build roads, don't get don't get caught in fear and shame and abandonment, and rejection. Uh, but you're going to have to be tough, and you have to be good at what you do. So um, there you go. And don't look at, don't complain about what you see out there um, that's labeled Chris, Christian. Just don't become that. Become something else, and become what you feel the Holy Spirit is transforming you into. And uh, these are exciting days. And so we, we just uh, we're we're always pioneers. Paul and I and the rest of it, we're just going to keep pioneering because there's a there's a there's a there's always a new frontier. So uh, I hope you keep that perspective. Don't uh, join us. Read the catch every day. Come. Uh, don't forget church on Sunday night. Try it. Yes, 